1: My name is Tracy Ariel, and I am unapologetically Canadian. I am here today with Joseph Pugliese, who is a community activist in LaSalle, who I've known for several years, uh, and he uh, also has um, a business. Uh, he sells websites. He does all sorts of things. So, uh, welcome to Unapologetically Canadian, Joseph.
2: Thank you very much, Tracy, and it's my pleasure to be on your show. Uh, I always love your work. You do great work for our community, and I want to start by thanking you for all your work for our community and for all the great things you do uh, for everybody. It's a very good thing, and I'm happy to see it.
1: Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess uh, my first question is, can you just describe um, who you are and what you do?
2: Yes, my name is Joseph Pugliese. I am the uh, president and owner of Democratic.ca Incorporated. We've been uh, been basically operating since 2011. We started off as a kind of a community awareness kind of website, uh, basically going back and forth to City Hall and asking our elected officials uh, to do certain things that would be better for our community. Uh, We could say that it's been quite a challenge for the past, uh, I'd say, many years. And I'm actually very happy to see that there's a lot of things that have happened. There's a lot of great work that was performed. And uh, I will continue to do this this kind of work because I feel that it is the best thing for our community. And uh, I don't I do this, of course, free of charge. I don't charge anybody for this. This is a this is a this is my way of giving back to the community through Democratic.ca incorporated.
1: Okay. so do you consider yourself a journalist, a citizen journalist, a blogger? Do you have a a title for what you do?
2: I would say it. I would say it's journalism. I would say it is journalism. Uh, it might not be as sophisticated as your journalism. <laughs> You're like, you are obviously a lot more experienced as a journalist as I am. And uh, but I would say it's a, a certain type of journalism where it's more of a let's say awareness journalism. Is that possible? Is that yeah, even, yeah. Uh... <laughs> 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 community awareness journalism, I would call it, and uh, that's basically what we do.
1: Cool. Um, can you tell me uh, some of the uh, cases that you've covered in the past? I understand you won a community service award uh, for some yes, of your Yes, I did, work.
2: and that was, of course, uh, thanks to the public. It was, uh, it was, it was a great, it was a great award. It was definitely uh, had to do with a lot of cases that we worked on. I can go back to the uh, contaminated soil toxic case from Villa Sal uh, and of course I want to start by saying without prejudice to anybody that I mentioned in this video, uh, ChinTech Environment Incorporated, the Quebec government or whoever else, this is uh, without prejudice to anybody. And we started uh, we started with the Syntech Environment Incorporated case which was basically a very challenging case that was in 2013-2014. Uh, I'm sure you remember that very well, Tracy. Yeah, because I covered <laughs> it at the time. Yeah, exactly. You covered it and you did some excellent work on covering it. And uh, we basically got what we wanted. And uh, the whole point was to to see the eventual closure of Chintech, which did happen on December 18th, 2013. And that was um, for you.
1: listeners, I should uh, mention that uh, Chintec was a, a case that was actually has been covered in the media since 1978. Uh, some incredible journalists at the Gazette uh, covered it before uh, I did, and uh, basically, what it was uh, was a, uh, a, a landfill uh, of toxic of toxins. Uh, Nobody quite knows what toxins have been put into this uh, huge, what is now a mountain. Uh, it's about 500 feet away from the aqueduct, which supplies Montreal's fresh water. And uh, people have been wondering for a very long time how uh, it's privately owned. So uh, there's been questions about uh, what's been put in there, uh, how exactly that material is taken care of. Because, of course, any uh, any material that you use to protect um, toxins from from leaching into the surrounding soil has uh, at most a twenty year guarantee. So what happens after that? Um, I know we met the owner at one point, and they showed us yes. uh, they showed us all of the there's there's sensors all around the structure so that if there is a leak they can detect it. Yes, um, it's right next to uh, a property that used to be owned by. Um, well, what, turned, what, what became uh, Monsanto Chemical, but uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what the chemical we'll... company was called before that. But they prepared, uh, if anybody's ever seen the Congrès de Montréal, they have um, all sorts of colored windows on it. They prepared that um, at that particular facility. It's now closed and the Lent was up for sale two years ago. Yes. I haven't actually looked into it recently. but So I... the whole property is quite uh, contaminated.
2: Yes, it is. And um, I do, of course, want to uh, stress the fact that we are, if we could say, in a good position with Syntech Environment Incorporated due to the fact that they are professionals in their field. So I am at least very relieved to see that we have professionals that are dealing with this case. It's not, of course, it's not uh, somebody that is dealing with it that doesn't know what they're doing. They have many years of experience. So we're not putting into question the uh, the company's, I guess, abilities. What we're putting into question is... The amount of unknown toxins, if you want to say, that are sitting in that mountain, uh, we don't know what's there, and uh, it's it's something that I think should be addressed. It's definitely it's definitely a case that's going to last many years. It's not gonna it's not gonna end today. But uh, I think that it's something that should be addressed, and that the public should know what's going on. And with all due respect, of course, to the owners and everybody else of Chintech Environment Incorporated.
1: Yeah, yeah, the owners. I mean, they've never. Uh they've They've always answered questions as much as they are capable yes, of
2: they've They've been very transparent, and I do want to say that i have uh, had pretty It's been they've been pretty transparent. We can't uh, you know on the elected official side, we had a little bit of um I guess we could say a struggle, but and everything ended up being i guess we could say uh, properly done in the end and uh, and we succeeded to get what we wanted, which was the eventual closure. And it has been closed for uh, for five years now.
1: It's been closed, but as I said, nobody knows what's actually in there, so that's the, exactly. the current concern. And also, of course, uh, this was a privately run enterprise, and uh, I think everybody wants to make sure that it doesn't get turned over into, you know, for the public to get cleaned up.
2: And that's and that's one of our big concerns, of course, because this is, like we said, it is a private uh, organization. There was private owners that had it now. We, the last thing we would want in the public is to see this eventually become a public issue. What when I, when I mean public issue is, uh, God forbid, it becomes an actual danger to the public, or it becomes an actual cost to the public, because I am pretty sure that it would be very significant costs. To get something like that cleaned up or to bioremediate it of course we have uh, we have many different technologies today in bioremediation and i think that uh, i think it would be in the best interest of our borough our government and of course chintech environment incorporated to look into these different technologies that are existing today there's uh, many great things i've read into a couple of things and i think that uh, i think that eventually would be good to uh, to start looking into the eventual cleanup or decontamination or bioremediation, of course.
1: There were some other things that we learned uh, into looking at, into uh, this particular uh, property. Uh, One is that there are two different sources for finding out if there is contaminated land Uh, in Montreal. The city of Montreal has a list of contaminated lands and the Quebec government has another list of contaminated lands and not every They do not necessarily agree. And then the federal government also has a list of contaminated lands. So depending on which government you're looking at, um, the different environment ministers um, take care of of properties in a different way. Um, And I think for all, anybody who actually owns property uh, needs to understand that they need to look up the uh, history of that property when it comes to contamination.
2: Very important. Yes, because a lot of people do negate to, to look that up. And that's one of the, I, I guess, and I'm not an expert in this field. I don't want to speak like an expert, but I would say that uh, if anybody is looking into a terrain to always check the, the back records, there's many records that you can find at uh, City Hall and whatever forth. There's always, uh, there's always some kind of record lurking around or uh, just lingering around if uh, it could be old, it could be new, but it's, it's always there. there
1: Well, because another uh, LaSalle property that was uh, highly contaminated that we talked about was also the one that the the LaSalle Legion is located on. Um, And that property um, was the site of uh, a local controversy in the eighties because five houses had to be torn down in order to decontaminate the, the private residential areas on that property. Yes, But they did not, decontaminate de- uh, commercial properties in that area. That was up to the private uh, commercial entities and not all private commercial entities were uh, fully informed or understood what was going on there.
2: Yes, of course. And uh, it's, it's very unfortunate that that case happened. And I, as, I, as I'm aware, there was, uh, there was not aware, but I am actually the person that had many discussions with our city hall about that. And uh, at this point right now, I am hoping that something gets done eventually, in the future. And uh, for the meantime, I'm very happy that the Legion is still open. I'm very, very happy to see that. That was uh, one of our main goals, to keep that Legion open. And I just hope that uh, throughout the years, somebody will take care of that issue.
1: Um, yeah, so what about, uh, tell me about some of the cases you're working on now.
2: Actually, right now, what we're working on is, uh, is uh, a case called Les Deux Dossiers. Now, Les Deux Dossiers is a very interesting case. It's a case that, that uh, Democratic dossier has been following since last year, 2018. And basically, uh, we are asking the Quebec government to publicly disclose the Syntec Environment Incorporated final closure report that was deposited with the Quebec Environment Minister on April. Uh, I'm sorry, in April 2015. And uh, we just basically want to know what's in that report. Uh, it's a 200-page report, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing the government do the right thing and publish it. And uh, the reason that we want it to be published is that we do, we believe that the public deserves to know what's happening. It's a, it's a potential public issue, and yes, it is under control. We know that, but uh, we just want to make sure that it's kept in the most due diligence, if we want to say, or the, the most vigilant way to make sure that we, uh, we ensure the safety and uh, the security of our public for many years to come. Okay. Um, and that's uh, that, that's case number one. And uh, sorry, in case number two, of course, uh, we have been dealing with uh, the Quebec student loans and bursaries case, which is basically us asking the Quebec government to follow Ottawa's lead. And uh, when I say follow Ottawa's lead, in uh, in February 2018, the Quebec, sorry, the Canadian Canada student loans program had uh, taken the initiative to write off $200 million in unpaid student loans and that was certain unpaid student loans and basically they did that to help people that are making uh, low income to to get out of debt and to to better their lives and uh, it was taken the initiative across canada and um, unfortunately quebec was excluded in this initiative so we have been asking the quebec government just to basically follow ottawa's lead in this uh, in this initiative and uh, we're looking forward to a response as it stands right now, it's still up in the air. I have uh, sent letters out to the Quebec government, uh, specifically on November the 7th. We sent the letter out to Premier Laveau, and uh, we're hoping that uh, there's going to be some positive news in this case.
1: Okay. And uh, tell me about uh, the rest of uh, what, what else is keeping you busy?
2: These days, of course, we have the, three, the 375th anniversary uh, VIP list case, which is a very interesting case as well. Uh, this case was uh, us actually asking the city of Montreal to disclose the complete and uncensored VIP lists for all of our elected officials and their distinguished guests that would be invited to any and all three 75th anniversary celebrations. Now, uh, it's a very interesting case because it's, it's been going on since about 2017 that we've been asking questions. And I've, uh, I've, I've been to the microphone personally, and I've been given many different mixed responses. And uh, the, the, the latest response that we got from that was in uh, February 2018, actually, when we went back to City Hall. We spoke to, uh, we spoke to the mayor of Montreal, Madame uh, Mérès Plant, And basically, we asked uh, Mérès Plant if she would disclose the lists. And uh, we were told that they were going to look into the legalities of disclosing it. Now, unfortunately, a couple of days ago, we received a reply from the City of Montreal stating that they cannot disclose these lists due to uh, private information and personal information that is in these lists. Now, I could, you know, I could appreciate that there's certain informations maybe that shouldn't be disclosed to the public. It's, uh, it's natural. We don't want to give everybody's information away, but I do believe that the names of the people, at least, that are in these uh, parties and whatever forth should be told to the public. It's uh, it's, it should be public knowledge. It's public money that's used to fund these events. And I think it's just natural for us to know who our elected officials are, uh, in, you know, having fun with and and uh, conversating with and you know, dealing with, if you want to say in a, in a, in a positive basis.
1: Um, yeah, no. And I remember the, uh, we went to uh, one of the uh, LaSalle uh, versions of these uh, volunteer nights. Uh, a few years yes. in there. <laughs> now, how much did you say is being spent on this uh, 375th anniversary, the VIP section p- portion of it? Uh,
2: the the thing is, is that I have not gotten a clear answer on that. I, I did get I did send a request to it and they have not given me a clear answer to what's being spent on the VIPs. Now, I, I did get an answer about various spending that is being done for the whole anniversary in in totality and it was uh, I don't have the exact number in front of me it was close to 900 I think in 85 million dollars but that was with all kinds of different projects that have to do with our boroughs it doesn't necessarily touch parties or anything else so I'm, I'm happy to see of course that in the 375th anniversary we did you know we did improve our city it's great it was a it was a great initiative to to put certain improvements into our city what my main question was in this was to know exactly who the Elected officials invite to these to these events. It's very important to know who these people are. Uh, I, I I could appreciate that they might be investors in our city or whatever forth, but it's just uh, it should be public knowledge to know who's in these parties. It's very important. We've had uh, we've had many uh, questionable, if we want to say, reports in the news about certain things in politics, and we just want to make sure that everything is running straight. And of course, I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I want to make sure that that's very clear. I'm not accusing anybody of any wrongdoing. I'm not saying that our elected officials are inviting bad people or anything to these parties. It's just a question of knowledge. It's just a question of public knowledge to know what's going on, how, and transparency. It's very important. We're in the, you know, we're in 2019. It's the it's the age of transparency.
1: Okay. Um, is there anything that you wanted to mention that I didn't ask you about?
2: Well, I do want to mention that uh, we're going to be working hard. We are going to continue working hard as we've been as we've done for many years it's uh it's it's basically a day-by-day thing and we're hoping to get the best possible quality from our elected officials and for many years to follow and our cases of course are right now up in the air uh, especially the dossier we just put out our trailer this morning actually for Les Deux dossier it's a very exciting trailer i invite everybody to go watch it and we are basically just waiting to see what the quebec government does now the reason that we're very excited about Les Deux Dossiers is because the Premier of Quebec, Premier Legault himself, had, uh, had told me personally that he would be looking into these Deux, Deux Dossiers, which is the Quebec Student Loans and Bursaries case and the or sorry, the, the public disclosure of the 200-page Syntec Environment, Inc. final report. Now, we're very relieved to see that the Premier is looking into these cases, but uh, unfortunately, to this moment, uh, we haven't really got a clear message to exactly what is being done. So we're still waiting on the premier's response and the government, of course. And we're hoping to see uh, many great things come out of this in the future.
1: Cool. And uh, as you know, my last question is uh, about uh, uh, Canadian. Are you, uh, uh, do you consider yourself a Canadian? And if so, what does that mean to you?
2: I'm sorry, you just cut out on the last part. I'm sorry, just like, can you, if you just? Do you
1: consider yourself a Canadian? And if so, what does that mean to you?
2: Of course, I consider myself Canadian. I'm a very proud Canadian. I'm proud of my nation. I think that we're uh, we we do great things, and to me, being Canadian means being an honest, straightforward person, doing the right thing, and helping your neighbor out. That's what Canadians do best. We're great people. We're a great country, and uh, I think that. We are one of the shining beacons of the world to uh, to peace, prosperity, and uh, everything that's positive. So yes, being a Canadian to me is a very proud thing, and I am very, very proud to see that Canada is in a great position right now. We're moving. Thank on. you.
1: I appreciate your time.
2: Thank you, Tracy, and I appreciate all your time.
1: You've been listening to Unapologetically Canadian. This episode was brought to you by Thrive Themes. Use Thrive Themes to make your website look the way you want it to.